Yes, welcome back to Onto the Ball, Travis. <laughs> How are How you doing? You? I'm good, mate. Uh, are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm, uh, I shouldn't have had that up there. I should have had welcome to Onto the Ball. There you go. <laughs> We're mate. back. How are you, mate? You okay? How are you getting on We're in good, this, yeah. this rainy summer? Supposed summer. We've had, um, what is it, like a month's worth of rain over the weekend. That's what was predicted. It's not been as bad today, but yesterday was awful. Absolutely awful. It was all day yesterday, wasn't it? It was just not okay. stopping. Um, yes. I went for two dog walks and he got soaked on both of them. I had a friendly in the morning with the girls. It rained the whole hour game. They were like it drowned is. rats. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the sun's out today, thank God. We're drying a bit of washing. Was your dog all muddy, like bring it back in the house and that? No, I don't let him go uh, anywhere muddy. It's on the paths, but yeah, he was soaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about the rain. We're here to bring sunshine in the form of Manchester United transfer window update. Um, there's been quite a lot going on so far. Obviously, a lot of changes at Man United. Still a lot of rumours going around. Still a lot of dead wood to shift, especially if I read your Twitter. You're campaigning to get a lot of players <laughs> out the door. Um, I'm going in so on that. There's no holding sure. that, <laughs> I'm sure we'll touch on that. And uh, if all the players that are leaving that you've mentioned, you're probably going to net about 100 million. So, mm. uh, but yeah, listen, let's get straight into it. Man United, let's go straight in chronicle, chronological order. Mason Mount signs for 60 million plus add-ons. Now, obviously, this player was first linked with Liverpool in the, in the spring, should we say, when he was coming to a contract standoff with Chelsea in the last year of his deal. All of a sudden, he's going to Man United. Rumours were you were going to pay him the kind of money he was after at Chelsea, £250,000 per week, and Liverpool were going to go nowhere near that figure. So Man United have signed him. What's your thoughts on him? Uh, just to tee, tee you up, I never really wanted him at Liverpool. I just didn't understand what attributes he would bring to the squad that we didn't already have. Um, and he's quite fond of an injury or two, isn't he? Or is that yeah. am I mistaken? No, I think in, in, in his latter stages in of his contract, he was picking up a couple of knocks. Yeah. I mean, I echo what you're saying. I mean, when I first, when we were first linked to Mason Mount, it sort of came out of nowhere for me. We weren't linked with him. Um, but it was something that was happening behind the scenes. When I looked at his interview when he signed for the club, he said that he he had his mind made up pretty early and he had chat um conversations with the manager that he wasn't going to be part of Chelsea's plans going forward. This might have even dated back to like which manager? Back. Yeah, I know they had like <laughs> <laughs> but I think this actually dated back to um like the back end of Thomas Tuchel's era. I think it was like the first couple of months of last season, Chelsea told him that he wasn't part of the plans and he actually wanted to go to United. I think there was brief interest at the, um, in the early stages of the last season. And he said as soon as Man United came calling, it was the only club he actually wanted to go to. So Liverpool's interest came quite intensely towards sort of the before the window started. He was quite heavily linked to Liverpool. I thought he was going to go to Liverpool, to be fair. Yeah, but see, I'm, I didn't. I didn't because no. obviously he wanted big wages. Yeah. to be on par with other Chelsea members. And obviously, if you look at Liverpool's wage structure, he wanted to be up near Mo Salah-type figures. Yeah. And that was never happening at Liverpool, so I, I couldn't see it ever happening. And it's why yeah. we're not 
uh, in for Caicedo. It's why we didn't get Bellingham. These 250, 300 grand a week players, we're just not all about that. But anyway, sorry, back to you, mate. No, 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 exactly what you're saying. And, and I'm echoing what you're saying in, in a sense. I mean, I wasn't one that wanted Mount at all. Like, I don't think he's a dead player, but I just didn't think he was what we needed. I mean, I've been calling for us to go to a 4-3-3 with two eights and a six. I just didn't think he was that person that would be defensively good enough to do that box to box, especially with Bruno being in the team, who's quite forward thinking, likes to create. I didn't think Mason Mount was going to be the type of profile that we sort of needed next to a Casemiro. But it, it, some, it was Ten Hag's priority. And I've been what, an advocate for backing managers and not necessarily backing their ideas, but liking to see the club backing what the manager wants to do. And you could tell that Mason Mount was more or less his first choice. I know Frankie De Jong we'd been linked with heavily last year and we didn't get that deal over the line. But I think Mason Mount was probably first on his list this summer um, in terms of a realistic target with the sort of, I say budget we're working to, we're still spent going to be spending 150, nearly 200 million probably when the window's finished. But I think it's he was definitely first choice. So I can see what qualities he's going to bring but I'm still a little bit on the fence as to whether it was a priority in terms of the profile of midfielder that Man United need. Mm. I'm just trying to share the screen now. Um, so obviously he's played, yeah, three. I was going to say it. I thought it was three games. Um, he's played three games so far. It looks like only a half each time, is it? Yeah, a half yeah. each time. Where has he been deployed in the, yeah. in the formation in them three games? Do you know what? Like... I'm not saying I've been overly impressed with him. I think I've seen him sort of trying a little bit too hard in those games at times, like he's eager to impress. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure with the number seven and he's come for a big fee for a person who's got um, only a year left on his deal. But I've seen, I have seen some good things in his game, especially from like that defensive standpoint, pressing high up the pitch. I think that's what he's sort of been brought in to do when teams are looking to build up from the back or when we lose possession, he's somebody who can who can press quite intensely. And I think I've been pleased with that element. I think with some of his passing, I think he's tried a little bit too hard. Some of his like longer range passing, I think yesterday, especially against Arsenal, he's trying a couple of diagonal switches and stuff, which, which didn't quite come off. But you're going to get that in your early stages, I think. Um, he's been neat and tidy. He's tried to join in on, on the offensive when possible as well. So I saw, I do like the signing, but I do want a more defensive-minded midfielder in and around to probably compete with him for his place. And I think with the likes of Kobe Miner, who I've been really impressed with coming through the academy, I think he'll give Mason Mount some good competition in there. Sorry, so he has been deployed as the eight? The two yes, he's been yeah, so we've been sort of playing Casemiro, um, played half a game, but we've we've been playing Kobe Minor, who's been like at the base, and the way we've been building up is with like the centre backs splitting, um, with him with Kobe Minor sort of drifting out onto the right, picking the ball up from deep. So he's been the six, and it's sort of given Mason Mount a little bit of a license to sort of do what he wants, join in the attacks when possible. He's, he's, his interplay has been nice, some nice little one-twos, some nice little combination plays. So I think he's going to be one of those players that will get better as he relaxes a bit more. I don't think he looks always relaxed. I think he's obviously conscious that he wants to impress. So I think once those shackles are off, I think you'll see him performing a little bit better than he has done. But he's been okay.
and it's only pre-season, isn't it? So you will not yeah. allow me to count these three games towards 007. No nah, goals, nah. no assists. You can't be rolling out the no goals, no assists. Like when when you think about it, even his role, I think his role in the team is is like he's he's going to be doing the things that I've just sort of mentioned: winning the ball, back, pressing, starting play from deep, picking the ball up. Not spraying it about necessarily, but somebody who's quite press resistant and can get about the pitch and adding those legs. Sort of like Ericsson, but a younger version in that sense, in terms of the roles in the team. So in terms of those high numbers, assists and goals, I don't think that pressure is going to be on him as much as the likes of Bruno Fernandes, because I think that's what he's going to be in the team for. So I think you will expect it from Mount and it will be horses for courses. There were some games where he probably will be the more advanced midfielder. Bruno might play one of the wider positions and we need to play away from home in those bigger games where we probably need about three or four midfielders in there. So I think he's a good option, but I don't want to class him as an option for £60 million. He's going to be integral. I think Ten Hag will play him for most of the Premier League games. And I think he will be under pressure to perform. I mean, you come for big money, you're on big money, you got the number seven shirt. I think the fans will be expecting him to have a few months to settle and then you'll start to see his best performances after Christmas. So putting you right on the spot, and I already know what the answer to this is going to be because oh, you, are, you are renowned for saying that every player in the world is hard, but I'm still no, going to go no. there. No, Mason no. Mount, put your reputation on the block, hit or miss for Man United. You can't say that because you, you just can't. Like, you can't say hit or miss just yet. Like, I'm no, you've got to. Nah, That's I'm what not... it's all about. It's your poddy. So you have to put your neck on the line. Is he going to be a hit or a miss for Manchester United? In oh, the is next he going to one, be two, three years? Right. Yeah. I'm going to say miss. Oh, really? I'm going to say miss. Because I just well, think. To be fair, if you're going to be consistent with your Twitter, you always said you, you're not really in for him. You'd rather the money yeah. was better spent elsewhere. So yeah. really, you've got to back that up by saying yeah, it's not right for Man United. I'm not, then. I'm not just saying that. Like, If I wanted to change my mind, I could. But like I said, if you gave me the option to have Mason Mount in that role or Mo Moses Caicedo in that role, I'd pick Caicedo all day. That's just the type of midfielder I, I felt we needed. Somebody who can replace Casemiro when he's out. Somebody who adds power and physicality, which I think we're missing in our team. And even when Mason mounts in there, I think he will bring the pressing element to the team and the fact that he's got an engine and can run all day. But again, when he's coming up against your Rodriguez, your Declan Rices, your, your Thomas Parties, your Fabinho's, those type players. Stefan Bicetiches. Yeah, your Bicetiches. Will he be able to mix it, 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 it from a physical standpoint? No doubt he's a talent, he's good on the ball, all the nice stuff, but can he do the gritty stuff? So that that's what remains to be seen for me. Fair play. Let's get straight on to something that has made you very happy, I presume, because you've campaigned for this. <laughs> you wanted David Depp. David De Gea out of your club for yeah. time now. We've done shorts on it. We've mentioned it in videos. Mm. The style that Ten Hag wants to implement, that keeper couldn't be the more polar opposite of what Ten Hag wants. And he, he's left for free. And it was under a bit of a cloud. Like this rumour that he was offered the contract, he yeah. signed his part of the contract. And then after he'd signed, Ten Hag or Man United withdrew and they didn't sign there. What what on earth? Is that true? Yeah, like I think 
Well, if you rewind though, like very briefly, I think around Christmas time, when people were talking about what we, what we actually needed to prioritize next season, I don't. If you would have put goalkeeper in that list, it probably would have been about third or fourth out of a list of five. But then as the season went on from Christmas, he was making more and more mistakes and it was becoming a little bit more untenable for his position. So I think that priority then crept up to like first or second. And by the time late April, early May came, we were begging for a top keeper. He was just throwing the ball in the net. It got worse. And I think... Like, it was exacerbated by the yeah, FA Cup final, wasn't it? Exactly. And the West Ham game as well, where he just, just let that easy shot just go straight under his arm and like I, I was obviously I wouldn't say the fans have been patient because De Gea has been a fantastic servant over the years I mean I know you and Neil have been saying for quite a long time like De Gea and stuff like that and he's been declining he has been slowly declining probably not as rapid as you guys made out but he was making more and more like big errors in games that were leading to goals. The difference was, is that when he was making errors, we weren't necessarily losing them games, but he was categorically costing us games after game after game this season. And it was sticking out like a sore thumb. Like you said, I don't think Ten Hag made the, from that FA Cup final decision, but I think maybe from the West Ham game, I think he thought this can't go on because obviously we was in a little bit more of a top four fight. It was like getting a little bit squeaky. We had just lost two in a row by that time and Liverpool was sort of coming back into form. And I think from that West Ham mistake, I think he just got annoyed and thought, I'm not going into next season with this sort of indecision again. And then on top of the mistakes, the kicking as well was killing us, like against the big teams, mm. constantly giving possession away. And it was just... It it became tiring. I think even his biggest fans and his his biggest defence in terms of his fans were getting fed up of it now and just thought, right, yeah, we need to move on. Great servant. But yeah, I think we made the right decision moving him on without a shadow of a doubt. I don't think we handled it the best, but it had to happen. Man United rarely handle it the best though, do they? No. Like, Jesse Lingard leaving with no fanfare whatsoever. His brother went in on him in the club. Um, saying that he'd been there since since a youth and stuff, and you know when you think of Liverpool Pogba. waving goodbye, yeah, Pogba, Pogba. When you think of Liverpool waving goodbye to Wijnaldum, uh, Firmino, James Milner, there's a big fanfare at the last home yeah. game, and there's tears and thanks for like Man United. When when do they do that? Yeah, but it's and, more. And like De Gea like... deserved that. Let's be honest, yeah, he, he deserved a send off massively. There's no two ways about it. He did like. It's like you said, it's a respect thing. Like, fair enough, players move on. But at the same time, there was an opportunity for for us to recognise what the hair did. The last couple of games were at home in front of the fans. We just beat Fulham. We could have literally said, right, yeah, he's not renewing. He will be leaving. The FA Cup final will be his last hurrah. Everyone would have been buzzing. Do you know what I mean? I think the hair would have recognised that as well. And everybody could have walked away from the situation with their hands, um, hands held high. But... To then, like, go into the final with him not knowing whether he's staying or not. Like, it was just weird. Like, it, mm. no one knew. Like, he ran out of contract. It was like, there's still talks going on. I think everybody knew that he was going to be leaving. Like, everybody knew. Like, he would have signed him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, except him. You've hit the nail on the head. Except him. So he signed his contract and he's sorting out the bus fee for his kid's school in September. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is like, who's telling him he's not staying? <laughs> Exactly, mate. Yeah, we handled it poor, but 
it'd be interesting to see where he goes because, like you said, I mean, I know we've got Anana, which we're going to come on to, but Inter Milan actually wanted um, De Gea to replace Anana, which surprised me. But it's the wages. Apparently, he didn't accept the wages, so it, he's going to demand fairly big money. Whether he still thinks he can play for a top European club, I think with his mentality and being at the top for so long, he's, he's going to think that he's still got something left in the tank. 32 is pretty, not young, but it's not really keeper. old for a keeper. You can still got another three or four years um, if, you, if you're if you in your pomp. So it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. Fair play. Um, do you want to say a, a last word for De Gea after 11 years service, is it? Or 13 or do you want yeah, to like, stay, stay mute? No, genuinely, like I know, like I went in on him towards, and it is harsh, isn't it? When you're yeah, obviously hard. a player that it's you really, hard. I mean, he was Man United's best player, what four or five years ago. Jamie yeah. Carragher kept touting him to go to Real Madrid, and it is hard when someone who you've really held in high esteem for your club, yeah, obviously reaches the end and not the player they were. I mean, we'll get on to it when we do the Liverpool one, but Jordan Henderson's right in that category for me. You know how high I held him. I was calling him like the Andre Pirlo yeah. for that period of 2018 to 2020, then two years. He was just, he was amazing. Yeah. And obviously now that he's, you know, he's declined quite drastically, De Gea is in the same. It is painful, isn't it? The last thing I wanted to say about De Gea just before we, we move on, and it is very painful. Like you said, when you see a player who's been so consistent for us and saved us in a lot of seasons, especially post-Fergie, where he was he was incredible for us. But what surprises me is for a Spanish keeper, how we failed to adapt to the distribution. Because if you look at like Spain, notoriously how they develop their players. That's all the keepers do. They're not like really physical. They all sweep and they can save and they're all athletic and agile. So the fact that he couldn't adapt his distribution to the level required is something that really surprised me, really. He just never looked confident with it. Even his short passes, like players in, in acres of space, being able to pass it to them um, with no one around them and he just failed to pass it he just never did it so it's just something what was a bit of an enigma I can't really understand it looking at it from the face of it but no I wish him well he, he was a great player for us fair play on to his replacement Andre Onana signs for 50 million pounds from Inter Milan look I've obviously been talking to you on Twitter about this one and, yeah. and I think the pressure is on him so much uh not most of it's not his fault. Obviously, the way that De Gea left Man United under a cloud, will he sign, won't he sign, was there a contract, did he sign his, did Man United withdraw it after he signed? You know, again, it's been handled atrociously. Yeah. So we spoke about the priority list of Man United for the next stage of Ten Hag's development. And I personally thought from an outsider looking in that goalkeeper was further down the pecking list, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. third, fourth, fifth. You know, obviously, I thought you said prioritise a striker. So when you throw that in, when you've got a keeper there who's he's not the best, we all know he's on the decline, but he's not the worst. Could you save that fifty million and and allocate that money elsewhere for a striker, for Harry Kane, for Hoyland, what we'll get onto, or someone else? I just think it's a massive risk to let him go for free, spend fifty million on a keeper. I think the pressure on Onana coming in in the first month or two, it's going to be seismic if he makes an error or two that pressure will be more than just a normal keeper coming to a new league. Do you agree with that? Is it unfair? And he could even shrink. I'm not saying he will, but 
a high profile error or two, he could shrink to the point where he never comes back from it. It's unfair, but it's gonna come. Like we know that. Like it, it isn't. It's unavoidable. Like it is unfair. Like mo all keepers do make mistakes, and I don't think that's why De Gea was moved on. Um, because just because he made mistakes, I think Tenag. What I've liked about Tenag is, is he has been very decisive. He, he doesn't always come out and say what you want to hear or what he's thinking. He does lie a lot. Like he comes out and defends Maguire and he defends Ronaldo and he defends De Gea and all that. And the next minute they're gone. So he's very decisive with what he wants and, and the blueprint of how he's trying to play. And you can tell that he's always wanted to play out from the back. I mean, if you rewind to the back of end of, last season the first two games when we got beat against brighton and brentford brentford heavily um away from home we tried to play out and we conceded quite a few goals from trying to play out and from that game onwards we kicked along all season like we literally didn't play out from the back all season and it must have been killing him inside like because he didn't want to really play like that we just didn't have the keeper to do it and 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 i know it's only pre-season and anana hasn't played we've had tom heaton We've had Kovar, who's a young keeper, who's probably going to go on loan. But if you just, if you even get chance to see any of just a few clips of the games of us just playing out, the difference is astronomical. Now, I'm not saying these keepers are better than De Gea or more experienced than, than De Gea, but in terms of how we're trying to play, like even the defenders that have been questioned just look so much more comfortable knowing that they can go back to the keeper and it's not going to be launched and they have to like sprint into this defensive shape all of a sudden. That's basically what we were doing. Flying out, creating good angles for a pass. It never came. And then you're just having to like, that's why we were just so disjointed on the counter attack all the time, because we were just always out of position. So I think Anana, it is big pressure. It is big money for a keeper. But you know yourself, you, you've gone from Carrius to Alisson and look at the difference it makes to how you can oh, play yeah. and... It's 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 a sir. You you have to have a top keeper if you want to challenge for the big trophies. Go on then on the spot, hit or miss, Anana. He's a hit for me. He is a hit, hit for me. Yeah, I know you're going to say that. I've read your Twitter. Yeah, you're going in two footed. You put him in the upper echelons of <laughs> rank, of ranking of he's Premier League keepers with Edison and Allison. So obviously you think he's going to be a hit. Um, but the thing is, like we talk about like that pressure or mistakes, it's not just maybe dropping the ball at a corner or something, conceding the goal. Yeah. Like you say, it might be a, f a few of them sprayed passes. They go straight to the opposition. He shrinks and he starts going long. How does yeah. he recover that confidence? It can be in many forms this uh this yeah. confidence or his Man United start to his Man United career. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and definitely. I think, like you said, Man United is a different beast. But I, I think Inter Milan's a club with good history. Mm. Won the Champions League quite recently um, in their recent history and stuff like under Mourinho and that and reached the final last year. So I, I don't think he's a player that I can envisage wouldn't be able to handle it. I think he's got the character for it as well. I think if... You can see how eccentric he is with the way he plays and he dribbles and he makes your heart stop at times when you watch him. But I think if somebody's got that sort of bravery level to do that, you think he's got the character to deal with mistakes. So, yeah, I'm excited by the signing. His distribution is literally fantastic. And 
I mean, it's got Pep Guardiola's side of approval because in the preview to the Champions League final, he was talking about how good his distribution is and the fact that you can't press him because he can play play through presses and stuff like that. And I think that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, for me, I'm excited by this signing a lot. We'll ignore the fact that Pep Guardiola wanted Harry Maguire at one point, though, won't we? got that one wrong. You got that one wrong. <laughs> Admit that. <laughs> right, we'll just mention him. Let's get straight on to Man United chase Rasmus Hoyland, rumoured £80 million fee. What do you know about him? Do you want him? And if you're going to spend £80 million, surely you're going to spend that on Harry Kane. Or are you? I mean, I don't think you should. The last yeah. thing you need is another 30-year-old expensive signing that could decline very quickly. Um, but this, I don't know if this one falls into the same category for me for Sabosle. For Liverpool, I don't know anything about the midfielder. I've barely seen him play apart from a few clips on YouTube. I've stayed yeah. relatively mute on him. Yeah, welcome to the club. Hope he's ace. Rasmus Hoyland, do you know anything about him? Have you seen him? Yeah, I've been in the same bracket as you. Like, I don't watch Atalanta a great deal. I know they had a good little run in Europe and stuff and in, in the um, Serie A, but I don't know much about him in terms of watching him play. I've not seen a lot of him. I've seen, obviously, highlight reels and, and stuff, but... I think what excites me about the potential signing of him from a physical standpoint is it looks like he's one that maybe um, is able to do both. Not, I'm not obviously comparing him to Erling Haaland because I know Haaland's got the physical like stature, but in terms of his game, he just runs in behind all game, Erling Haaland. But this, this player looks like he's in the same mould, rapid, quick, Hasn't scored a lot of goals. I think he got nine goals last season, um, which isn't loads, but he's only he's only young. I think he's 21. And it, it's the, I think 80 million pounds is a lot. Do you know what I mean? How but much I, did he go to Atalanta for? So I, oh. researching but just before I come on here, he come from Sturm Graz in Austria. Right. How much well, was it for? Know. Do you know? know? I think it was quite a small fee. I think, um, I don't think it was a lot. When I was looking at it before we came on here, was it like one point something? Was it something dirt cheap like that? It must have been cheap because he's only 21 now. So, um, yeah, I think 80 million is a lot for somebody who. I don't 17 know million. 17. Yeah, a year ago in August. Right. So if you're so 17 million and you're going for at that age, you must be half decent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 17 million at that age, you must be half decent. So 80 million, I think is too much, but the fee that is being touted about now is something like 55 million and then add-ons on top. So if we get him for around 60 million at that sort of potential, I would be happy with it because I don't want us to spend 80, 90 million in Harry Kane, who would guarantee goals, don't get me wrong, he would, but in, in 18 months' time, and his hamstrings start going in his ankles and he needs another striker, mate. I'd be so annoyed, like massive wages needing another striker again in 18 months. I just don't want that. So, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm in for Ho um, Hoyland. I want Ho Hoyland to come to the club, to be honest. And then you've got me giving you heat, just like I've been giving you heat about Casemiro, the right player <laughs> at the wrong time, too old. <laughs> and then next well, you got got yeah, this is what I mean. I don't want that again, man. I can't be bothered with it. It's long. Um, do you know anything about Hoyland's attributes? Is he is he a gunman? Is he a striker? Is he a false nine? Is he nah, a foil for the wingers? What's he's... his biggest attribute? Do you know? He can dribble. He's got pace. 
and he's a beast. Like pacey. Yeah, he's pacey. He is pacey. He's rapid. So he's one of them. Um, so you do want him then? Yeah, like I've seen the clips I've seen. I've seen him getting the ball to feet, doing stepovers and destroying people and getting shots off. So, but I don't know what he's like in terms of being a clinical fi finisher. I don't know if he's like the Van Nistelrooy type where he's just fox in the box, right position, right time. I think he's a little bit more than that. I don't think he's fluid in the sense of, I don't think he'll like drift wide and be like a Rashford type. He is a number nine. He is a striker. He wants to be in the whips of the goals, scoring goals and stuff. But um, he's, he's got a little bit more. He's young and hungry. So yeah, I'm excited by that potential signage as well. If that comes in, then that will be more or less the, sp the spine that Ten Hag wants, new keeper, midfielder and a striker. I think he's happy at centre-half um, with Varane and Martinez being first choice and Lindelof underneath. And I think in an ideal world, which will come on to Harry Maguire, we'd replace him. But yeah, we're going to come on to that. Straight on to him. Harry Maguire is out as the captain. Yeah. Obviously, there's been lots of talk, mainly on Twitter, about his worth, about the asking price if he leaves about whether he wants to stay. There's lots of rumours he wants to stay, fight for his place, which sounds ludicrous if he's got um, any intentions of carrying on playing for England. Obviously, me and you can't agree on this. We've been having a lot of... No, we can. Uh, like, I'm here to give you some credit, Scotty. Like, you've been right on the Maguire thing since he joined. Like, I'm here to give you some credit. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I, I've always been consistent. He is absolute rammel. He's yeah. not even a footballer. He's awful. But I mean how he's going to exit. Um, no, you've been I honestly you think you're just well. going to get rid of... He's going to leave on a free. I literally think he's so bad he's going to leave on a free. Not so much that he's worthless, but I mean in terms of he's on big money, 250k a week. He won't accept less than that to leave. He won't go to Aston Villa for 100k a week. So it's a bit like, well, if Aston Villa are going up their wage, they want to pay less of a fee. I could honestly see him leaving on loan, which will be the same as him leaving on a free, um, because I think he's only got a year left, hasn't he? Has yeah, he got a year yeah, left yeah, and then the option? Yeah. But is that the option of another year? Man United always do that, don't they? No, I think he's got two actual years left. Has he? How long has he been here? Is it three or four years? Ollie's first season. So this is this is his um, fifth season. Fifth, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, it's been a catastrophe. What's, what is going to happen? Because he's obviously been stripped of the captaincy. That's been given full time to Fernandez. There's been rumours that he's got lots of clubs that would be willing to take him or not willing, actually want him. I'll believe that when I see it. There's been rumours that he's got 50 million, <laughs> 50 million price tag on his head, but they'd be willing to accept 35 million. I mean, even that is probably a triple what I think you'll get for him if you're lucky. But how is yeah. this one going to end up? I'm going to be brutal and cutthroat and honest, yeah. Every time I see Harry Maguire get linked to a club in the Premier League besides West Ham, I don't believe it, bro. I literally I don't believe He's it. going Chelsea, isn't he? At Chelsea have been linked, Newcastle, like, I think... I think some of these newspapers think fans are, like, naive and stupid. Like, oh, yeah, Newcastle will take him. Like, no, they won't. Like... Chelsea won't take him. Like, literally, Levi Corwell's just won the under-21s. He had a fantastic season at Brighton on loan from Chelsea. Why would they go and sign him when they've got Colville? And they've just, they're already signed by the Chile last season as well. And Thiago Silva was wieldy. Like, they don't, they don't necessarily need to go and buy Harry Maguire. He just doesn't fit what they're trying to do. 
under Pochettino at all. Like they're playing, if you see Chelsea, how they're playing this season as well, with, they've gone back to their expansive fullbacks, Ben Chilwell's flying and stuff like that. So we just don't fit. So I'm thinking about it. And I just think like, in the bottom 10, maybe, Harry Maguire could do a job at the price that suits the club. Like like you said, we're in dreamland if we think we're getting anything more than 25 million for him. Um, but if we want him to leave and we want him to leave this season, we've got to pay the money for him to leave. And I think we should. I think that should come out a part of the budget. I'd be willing to sacrifice um, maybe like one of the second central midfielders or something like that to actually get rid of him because I'm not saying he's toxic and a lot of people have criticised even me like oh he's not that bad he can just but the fact I think it sets a bad precedent like we're doing it with other players we're being very active in terms of getting rid of Alex Tellez, Fred, Eric Bailly players that needed to go Phil Jones hasn't had his contract renewed he's left De Gea's left like why not him like I don't get why he gets this like special differentiated treatment it's it feels a little bit like pity like people feel sorry for him so they're like i'll oh, just let him stay no like we've got to be ruthless like man city have just won the treble they've got rid of ilkay gundogan a load of players have gone from city like we've got to start being like that and move players on at the right time like you said harry Maguire, it's not gone well after the first season which like you said the jury was out as to whether you thought he had a good even first season. I didn't think he was that bad. But slowly over the years, he's, he's got worse and worse and worse. Well, not slowly, actually. Rapidly, he's got worse. And it's time for him to go. So I I think he... My gut feeling was, is that I think he's definitely going to go. But I think you're right, mate. I think he might just stick around, which is going to annoy me a lot. The factor that's skewing everything... And that's people's opinions and the rumoured asking price is that he's the England regular. Yeah. That's like wrecking everything, all logical yeah, thinking, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Yeah, 100%. Because everyone was like, England's, England international, this, he could do a job, he could this. And then when there's actually, there's a few journalists that actually put people on the spot and say, well, what's he good at? Who could he actually play for? And they don't actually answer. They just say, oh, he's a good player, though. He's decent. Like, you put him in a low block and it's just like, no te no top team really plays like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's, like, saying Spurs. But Spurs' new manager come from Celtic. They play a really high line. Do you know what I mean? And press high. They're not they're not going to play Harry Maguire <laughs> in that, are they? So, yeah, I think we're struggling for, like, big clubs who, have got, who can afford to pay the money to take him. So, I'm just praying... West Ham uses Declan Rice money, man, just to, like, throw it out. That's what I'm hoping, man. Well, I, I'm hoping he goes Spurs now if Andrew yeah. Postacoglu plays a high line. I'm just picturing <laughs> Maguire in a high line, man. That would be, like, some... Maguire and Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> right, that would, just, that would just have to be see what happens. And uh, Do you think we'll... he's going to stay, then? I honestly think he'll leave on loan with United paying half his wages and everyone will forget about that he's probably even a Man United player and he will end up leaving for, for free. I think they'll kind of yeah. just manage him out of the club as cheaply as they can. I don't think you'll even get a fee. That's how low my opinion is of Harry Maguire. And yeah, I think they'll just manage him out of the club paying half his wages for the next year or two. I'm sure he's only got a year left on his contract. Might have. And then that Man United always do that option for a sixth year, but the option is in Man United's hands. 
Like right. when they activated a Paul like Pogba. Trigger an extension. That's it, their it, choice. It must be bad though. Like we've got Johnny Evans back. Like what? why would we get Johnny Evans back if we didn't Listen, want to? Listen, as on. you know, I've got a Leicester City membership. I got a lot of Leicester City games. Johnny Evans is regularly the best player in the Leicester side. It's yeah. always him or James Madison that stand out for me. And yeah. I think Johnny Evans is still a fantastic player. Yeah. If he could be fit, I swear to God, I'm not winding you up. He's yeah. better than Harry Maguire. Yeah, I know he is. He is. Can you find anyone else that would agree with me on that? Yeah, I you, you agree with me. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Johnny Evans. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, let's wrap it up with Mason Greenwood. What on earth is going to happen? Now, I've mentioned to you privately in the text, yeah. he cannot ever pull on a Manchester United shirt ever again the club is too big a worldwide brand it's an institution it has core values that cannot be risked gambling by playing him risk the wrath of the women's team risk the the loss of sponsorships risk the reputation um, and i mentioned to you it has done absolutely no one that's Mason Greenwood himself and Man United, any favours by this not going to trial. It looks like it's been brushed under the carpet. He could still be guilty. No one knows. It has absolutely destroyed Mason yeah. Greenwood, not just for Man United, but I think as a footballer, because there's been lots of talk that he's going to go on loan. But that would be a special or a weird club that took him on loan, maybe out to a, a club where they don't value females very highly out in Qatar or something or Saudi Arabia. Um, there's just not going to be a club out there that are going to be the guinea pig to test fan reaction. And if it isn't too bad, and again, we sweep it under the carpet a bit, oh, yeah, we'll take him back at Man United. It, I just can't see it happening. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, like in terms of the being the guinea pig, like I think um I think there will be clubs that will like have like try it. I think that I genuinely do think there will be clubs. I, I don't know what who what those clubs are or who those clubs are, but I do think there will be clubs that will probably take a chance on him. And I think that's where why Man United is such in limbo. It's what in uh, Europe? Yeah, I or do. Even yeah. in, in the UK? Maybe not in the UK, but I, I think a foreign I think a foreign loan would probably be the best for all parties just to like see what the reactions like and you can see how the sponsors are for a year and see how the crowd reacts like it's something that's like you said very sensitive if you don't know all the details I mean with what was released you, you would have thought that there was no way back with the size and the magnitude of United as a brand all over the world um but like you said there are le legalities in terms of his contract and can you just sack a man who's not guilty of anything? There's just so much to unpick. Do you know what I mean? Like from that standpoint, and it's it's tough. Like all I'm saying is I'm glad I'm I don't have to make that decision. Do you know what I mean? It, it's mm. it's in the hands of the club. To me, it, it's getting towards that time. It's getting towards the start of this decision where um, see we're coming to the start of the season where a decision has to be made. I mean. Like for him, what kind of contract is he on, Trav? Is he still on like seen as a youth 20 30 grand a week, or did he sign a yeah, big he hundred a, grand? He got a big, he got a big contract, he got a big, contract. yeah, he got a big contract. I think he was on 120 or something. Um, but yeah, there's so much to unpick, like you said, the England, England scene, and 
like he just they just need to make a decision more for his for his sake and everything like that he just needs to move on and obviously he's he's had a child now and so he's got to think ways he settling and stuff so yeah it's going to be an interesting one i think the vibe i'm getting i can infer from like that the manager is willing to give him an, an opportunity i think tenog has like i'm not don't quote me on this but he said in his press conference that um he he is giving his thoughts to the club, which he can't reveal. And he says it's down to the owners and what they want to do with the decision. So it's out of his hands. I think he wants him back. I, I think if the club didn't want him back, he would have been gone by now. I think the players are happy to have him back as well, the male players at least. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know what's going to happen. I literally can't say. I'm not just sitting on the fence for safety. I, I genuinely can't call it. Like, if I, if I felt I could call it, I would say what my opinion was. I don't, I don't know. My gut feeling is, is that I don't think he will come back to Man United. But I think the club are, are trying to find a way to bring him back. That's what I think. I believe it when I see it. I just cannot, I cannot see it. Like you say, you, you can't sack him. There's no evidence. And that will be a massive tribunal case. So that's why he's still around. What's his, what's his training situation? Is he training, training with on Man his United? Own privately. He's training on his own privately. But I'm sure the club, if the if he's going to be coming back to the club, the club will be providing the coaching staff for him, I, I would guess. But he's trading on his own. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I'm guessing he's going to have some sort of base fitness. It's a long time not to play football, isn't it? Like nearly two years um, he, he's out of the scene and stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of them. It's it's mad. It's been it was a mad situation. Like he just broke into the first team and he was flying. And then mm. obviously, if he's if he has done wrong, he he's got to accept it and 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 take it. But we'll just have to see how it develops for sure. His missus has killed him, though. Let's be honest. I was uh, I was obviously listening into your Twitter space with United lads, yeah. and uh, I promise next time I'll I'll. Activate my microphone and, and have yeah, a, yeah, Come on, yeah, have an yeah. input. Uh, but I was enjoying listening to it, and obviously there was comparisons with uh, Mendy at Man yeah. City, and this this is one of them. Like obviously the Mendy, there was accusations. He was held on remand, wasn't he? Yeah, he was um, on remand. It it, never yeah. ended up going to court because they withdrew or something. But the public never knew the the substance of the accusations. They didn't know any details, and this is the thing because. Greenwood had this public Instagram video voice note that the public have been able to run the rule over some evidence, so to speak. The fact that it never went to court it is a bit like it is. It's it's a horrible situation. Yeah, that everyone can jump to their own conclusions. Everyone can be the judge and jury, and it's just like right, you said. If he went to court and got found not guilty, it probably would have worked. It'd be better for everyone. Better. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Right, mm. Travis, that's been nearly 45 minutes. Um, we'll do another one on the Man United transfer window towards the end of August, but by yeah. then the season will have started. We'll be back in the swing of doing previews and match reviews as well as live watch alongs, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, we'll, so, be four, um, we'll be four points clear of City by the time we do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it, but. Uh... <laughs> Let's see how the, the season starts. Mm. Um, but yeah, listen, if you made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe if you've liked what you've heard. And Travis and I will see you on the next one. Travis, cheers, mate. See you in the next one. Peace.
Oh, you beauty! What a headshot!